0: Compassion, trust, courage, innovation. The values of Temecula Valley Hospital. We proudly present TVH Health Chat. Here's Melanie Cole. Through the hormones it produces, the thyroid gland influences many or all of the metabolic processes in your body. As a result, thyroid disorders can be far-reaching and can range from nodules to hypothyroidism to life-threatening cancer. My guest today is Dr. Matthew Leach. He's an ENT and a member of the medical staff at Temecula Valley Hospital. Welcome to the show, Dr. Leach. So give us a little basic physiology lesson of the thyroid. What does it do? Where is it located?
1: Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head when you said it involves almost all major physiologic processes in the body. It There's really not a major organ system that it does not um, affect in a major way. In general, what it is responsible for is regulating iodine metabolism. So essentially getting iodine incorporated into other protein molecules that are then used for the most part in body metabolism the metabolism of things that we eat and getting those things converted into energy molecules um, and also regulating cardiovascular health. It has major effects in growth and development, sleep regulation, your basic cognitive and mood functions. It's been implicated in sexual and menstrual dysfunction. It regulates body temperature, and it's essential for your basic kind of flight or fight stress response.
0: So how common is thyroid disease and what are some of the most common that you see?
1: It is relatively common um, and to go back to your previous question, I know you asked about where the thyroid is. The thyroid is a butterfly-shaped organ in the anterior neck and it kind of wraps around the windpipe um, and the trachea. So in men, it would be located a few centimeters below the Adam's apple um and it's pretty small, you know, about uh, maybe the size of a golf ball or slightly larger, but then kind of shaped like um, a butterfly where it wraps around the windpipe with um, two lobes on either side and a connecting portion called the isthmus in the middle. And then the common things, um, so thyroid conditions are generally treated by um, a team approach or multiple doctors can be involved. Often, uh the family doctor or a patient's internal medicine doctor, uh primary care physician is the is the first line uh physician who who finds something wrong. Um, in general, um, hypothyroidism, so not making enough thyroid hormone uh, manifests in fatigue, um it can also often manifest in depression, kind of just a feeling of not having enough energy. Um, it can also manifest in skin conditions, poor GI function, um, and uh, dysfunction in um, cognitive behavior where you just feel like you're not, not making the, the, the right connection. And on the flip side, hyperthyroidism, too much thyroid hormone, is as you would expect the opposite where you have kind of a feeling of nervousness, you feel like everything is moving at a fast pace, Um, This may result in tremors or palpitations in the heart, um, increased sweating, um, and increased GI or other metabolic processes.
0: So you've mentioned a bunch of symptoms, Dr. Leach, but what would... Some of these sound pretty normal for a lot of people in anxiety and such. What would actually send somebody to the doctor to get it checked?
1: Indeed, yeah, they can often um, mimic many of the other common conditions that primary care physicians see regularly. In general, most, in my experience, most primary care physicians incorporate basic thyroid laboratory um, tests into the yearly labs that a lot of patients get. And so what you're looking for there is both the actual hormones that the thyroid creates, what we call T3 and T4, kind of the two main um, iodine incorporated um, protein, um, as well as a, um, a molecule called PSH, which is a marker of how the brain um, and specifically the pituitary gland portion of the brain is controlling the thyroid gland. So when we suspect thyroid disorder, we look at the amount of thyroid hormone, but also is the control of that hormone normal or abnormal.
0: So then what is a thyroid nodule, and how would we know if we have one?
1: A nodule is somewhat different in that the majority of patients with thyroid nodules do not have actual thyroid dysfunction or even symptoms of thyroid dysfunction. So a nodule tends to present as an actual feeling of a lump in the neck, and this can sometimes be something that you feel like in your throat when you swallow or when you breathe, you have a sensation of tightness, or you can sometimes actually feel it um with your hand on the outside of the neck um, and um, primary care physicians might may also be able to feel it once this once, once the concern for a thyroid nodule comes up um the next step is to uh, incorporate some form of imaging that tends to be an ultrasound um, which is often performed by an endocrinologist, although not always. And they are scanning the entire thyroid, both lobes and the isthmus to look for a nodule, which can either be a collection of fluid or a collection of solid cells that will look different from the surrounding normal thyroid tissue.
0: Dr. Leach, people hear nodule and they think right away that it could be cancer. Does that necessarily follow, or generally are they benign?
1: Generally, they are benign for the most part, and so we have very structured guidelines on what we do when we find a nodule. For the most part, when they're found, they are observed. Once they reach a certain size and once they have certain characteristics on the ultrasound, and there's a long list of things that ultrasound technicians and endocrinologists are looking for, once you reach the appropriate combination of size and ultrasound characteristics, you usually get what's called an FNA or a fine needle aspiration, which is essentially a small biopsy of the nodule, which uh, cells from that nodule are then sent off to a pathology lab to be examined um, and with with the goal of diagnosing cancer uh, as early as possible.
0: So then what is the treatment after you do a little bit of observation? When does it become surgical?
1: So if the biopsy comes back as concerning for malignancy, the 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 um, process is much, it's, it's simple and streamlined. We proceed right to thyroid surgery, um, which generally consists of removing half of the thyroid gland where the nodule is. And then we test that gland in the operating room. We send that gland to the pathology lab and they confirm whether it's cancer or not. And if that is confirmed, we take out the rest of the thyroid gland. Um, if the biopsy comes back as concerning for malignancy, but not necessarily conclusive, Or if it um, comes back as um, non-diagnostic, we essentially have between myself, the endocrinologist and the patient, we have to decide um, should we continue to observe the lesion with repeated ultrasounds, um, seeing if it's growing, Um, do we repeat the biopsy or do we just proceed with a thyroid surgery where we remove the half of the gland where the nodule is and definitively tell whether it's it's cancer or not.
0: So after you've done that, what's it like for the patient to have either a portion or their whole thyroid removed? How do you approach patient care after thyroid surgery?
1: If they only need a portion of the gland removed, it's pretty simple. The the half of the gland that is remaining is more than enough to compensate, um, especially if it was functioning normally to start with. So those patients tend to not need any long-term thyroid hormone replacement. Um, Intimately associated with the thyroid gland are four very tiny glands known as the parathyroid glands and these are completely separate as far as their function and they are important in regulating body calcium. A very common and known side effect of any thyroid surgery is dysfunction of these glands afterward. Again, if you take out only half the thyroid gland, uh, even if You have dysfunction in the two parathyroid glands on the side that you are operating on. The other two are more than capable of compensating. It becomes a problem when you take out the whole thyroid gland. In this situation, not only does the patient need long-term thyroid hormone replacement for life, but they will often have uh, prolonged dysfunction in their calcium metabolism. So this can manifest in having to take calcium replacement for several months after surgery. And occasionally that can be permanent.
0: So what can people do or expect if they are on thyroid medication for the rest of their life? Does that change anything, their energy levels, their weight, or any of those kinds of things? It shouldn't. And this
1: is generally managed by the primary care physician or the endocrinologist. But there are often little tweaks that go on through the lifespan of the patient after the thyroid uh, gland has been removed. And so generally the physician managing that will do periodic laboratory um, studies looking into what the normal, what, what the level of thyroid hormone is uh, with the patient at a given dose. So often that will need to be increased or decreased kind of depending on laboratory values and as And addition, in addition to how the patient is feeling,
0: are women more at risk for this than men? Um, In general, no. Um, Although there are certain exceptions
1: to that, if a woman develops a thyroid nodule while pregnant, for instance, there is a much higher chance that that is cancerous. So, in certain subgroups, um, it. It could be more um, concerning, that one
0: specifically. So Dr. Leach, wrap it up for us. What would you like people to know about thyroid disease and thyroid nodules and why they should come to Temecula Valley Hospital for their care?
1: Well, in general, thyroid nodules are mostly benign. And even in the worst-case scenario where a thyroid nodule becomes malignant, thyroid cancer is very treatable and curable with one of the highest long-term survival rates of solid organ malignancy, and so um, certainly um, we feel very good about our ability to give patients a long-term good prognosis, even in the worst-case scenario. At Valley Hospital, there are a number of surgeons who perform thyroid surgery, and we do use state-of-the-art um, techniques when doing that, one of those being the use of recurrent laryngeal nerve monitoring, What this entails is monitoring the nerves that go to the vocal cords, which in a small percentage of patients can be damaged after thyroid surgery as they are kind of tucked in behind the thyroid gland. So it's become standard of care to use this monitoring and thyroid surgery, and we do that at Temecula Valley Hospital um, in the hopes of giving patients the best chance of having a good vocal outcome after thyroid surgery.
0: Thank you so much for being with us today. It's really great information. You're listening to TVH Health Chat with Temecula Valley Hospital. For more information, please visit TemeculaValleyHospital.com. That's TemeculaValleyHospital.com. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of Temecula Valley Hospital. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.